0: Hello and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and his tolerant friend. My name is Scott and I've been fascinated by the UFO phenomenon my whole life. And my name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant friend. We started this podcast because since 2017 there have been shocking revelations, from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed Navy video of astonishing craft. In a nutshell, Now that the government has admitted that UFOs are real.
1: (laughs) Or at least that the videos were authentic.
0: (laughs) It raises a natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly, some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are pulled into the realm of the possible.
1: Right? And they may still be unlikely. There's so many explanations for these stories. Even if the truth is more mundane than we're hoping. If any of this turns out to be true,
0: it's a very exciting time. All right, Chuck, I'm so glad to be back with you. I spent a lovely day at the Oregon coast yesterday. Nice. Uh, While I was at the coast, Chuck was texting me with reactions to the notes on our episode. Yeah. Um, and I was laughing because his first reaction was, boy, the notes seem a little light this week. <laughs> and it's, yeah. man, how, how quickly we recalibrate because the yeah. the stuff that we have in the notes to talk about today would have felt like a jam-packed episode like not even six months ago <laughs> like,
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: th- this whole thing with david grush coming out and the whistleblower like everything has been so jam-packed ever since he came out that like to to have a show where we have only four topics of conversation feels like Ooh, <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, lightweight we yeah can, we can kick back this week <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Like this is gonna take like 20 minutes. Great.
0: So before we dive into our four topics, um, I did want to touch on one thing real fast. Uh my my wife Annie, she recorded an episode with us a while ago, and I don't think it's a secret that she does not listen to the show. Um, I don't blame her for that. (laughs) I mean, it's in our outro, right? Like that's part of the reason we started the show, so she wouldn't have to. Why we do this. Yeah. (laughs) But um, She, uh, in the near past, uh, took a coaching course all about how to like market yourself and how to define your small business and, and find your audience. And a lot of that was about like scoping down and really having a, a very clear elevator pitch and understanding of who you are. And she kept coming at me like, what is this show? Like your, your notes are just like, it's just you Saying quotes to Chuck, like, is this a news reaction show? Like, <laughs> is this is this something people want? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> hey, listen, we the, we we have tens of subscribers. <laughs>
1: there are dozens, there of are, are dozens of us.
0: There are dozens of us. But the more she pushed on this, the more I found myself kind of pulling back and going, you know what, like. I don't want to define the show. I don't want to scope it down. I don't want to rebrand ourselves as a news reaction show, even if, bluntly speaking, that's most of what we've been doing lately. Because, to my mind, the pitch for this show was originally, and still is, two friends shooting the shit and talking about UFOs. It's me very excitedly telling Chuck, like, you're never going to believe what happened this week, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a sitcom, but not funny. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should add a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. I'll add that in. Let's, let's have the editor get in on that. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, like there's going to be episodes where it's news reaction and, you know, mm. Con- current events heavy there's going to be episodes where there's not much happening in the news and we're talking about a historical case or theorizing about what life will be like after disclosure um but also like in we haven't even been recording this for a year and the landscape has completely changed yeah that's wild like we have gone from when we started this being something that I kind of had to talk Chuck into and we weren't really sure. (laughs) We were just joking. We just recorded our intro and it was like, now that the government has admitted UFOs are real and Chuck goes, or at least, and they goes, no, actually they did admit they were real. That's true. I was (laughs) like, what happened? (laughs) So it, I also kind of like, I don't want to hem us in too much when this reality, this, this world is changing so fast. So, Oh, yeah. For now, at least, I think this show, for, from my perspective, is this is just two friends hanging out. And I hope that you enjoy hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you have thoughts, if there are parts of the show that you enjoy more than others, um, you can reach out to us. Chuck, how can they reach out to us?
1: Uh, you can email us at scott or chuck at uh, veryexcitingtime.com. I have to remember the domain for next time.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what if, what if they wanted to reach out with us, but they wanted to give us some money to really make sure that we considered their ideas? Oh,
1: okay. Well, that is, that is an option now. We have a Patreon (laughs) and we have, we have one patron now, which is very exciting at patreon.com slash very exciting time.
0: All right. Now that we've, uh, now that we've paid our bills, uh, let's, let's get to our topics. So yeah, we, we've got a few things on, on the docket today, um, We've got a brief quote from Chris Mellon, which we're going to get to in a minute, uh, talking about this idea that there are satellite images of UAP that have not been shared with Congress. This is a rumor we've heard for a while now, but Chris is putting a stake in the ground on it. Um, Okay, Probably the biggest part of the show is uh, Aero director Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick posted a um, statement, I guess you could call it, on LinkedIn – uh talking about his reaction to the hearing and uh it's not gone great for him and uh yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah we're going to get into the details on that uh we've had some clarifying statements from the pentagon including more weasel words more attempting to kind mm, of back yeah. away from this topic um and uh probably more most interesting chuck we've had some interesting uh, insight into how the major aerospace companies like Lockheed are reacting to this by going into full cool. press lockdown mode which may be okay. something maybe nothing yeah. but it's interesting it's worth talking about
1: yeah unsurprising
0: okay cool this sounds like a great show yeah. let's let's dig in yeah let's dig into our our lightweight agenda <laughs> <laughs> all right so Up first, uh, Chris Mellon, uh, Chris Mellon, oldest and longest supporter of the podcast. Uh, this is a, for anybody who's joined us recently, (laughs) this is a long running joke. Chuck early days, looked up our analytics and came in. He's like, you know, we've got one listener from, uh, was it Virginia or just like the East coast? Something like that. Yeah, He's like, clearly it's Christopher Mellon. It's Chris. Uh, so yeah, uh, UFO daddy, our oldest and strongest supporter uh posted on twitter uh oh chris mellon by the way if you're not familiar yeah thank you chuck uh if you're not familiar with him is the former deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence uh he's got a title as long as my arm uh but you know the the short version is he's the guy with the access to everything he was involved in the uh obama administration and in a position to know. If you're in the community, where you probably know him from is after that, he joined to the Stars Academy, where he and Lou Elizondo have really been working to bring this material to the public, and especially coordinating with Congress. It is no secret that Chris Mellon has been a very strong, I guess you'd call him a lobbyist, uh, to Congress Mm. on the topic of UAP transparency. So, yeah, he posted to Twitter, he said, The fact that Arrow has not shared satellite imagery of UAP with Congress is itself evidence of an effort to keep Congress in the dark. Um, this is really interesting because we have talked for a while now about the, the most charitable view of Arrow, the Pentagon UFO investigatory body, is that they are dragging their feet um, or being right. hamstrung by the pentagon um we've talked a lot about dr sean kirkpatrick and um how maybe he's kind of between a rock and a hard place with you know a boss who very clearly does not want this stuff to come out and another boss in the form of congress who very much does and right you know th- there's a more or less charitable view you could take on them but this is chris firing a clear shot across their bow like hey he's saying arrow has access to this satellite imagery that purportedly shows UAPs and it has not been shared with Congress. And that in itself tells you that arrow is withholding information from Congress. Um, That's wild. Yeah. He goes on to say, I recall the oversight committees asking about a long rumored UAP satellite data back in 2017. When I first brought the committee's unclassified military UAP videos and worked with Lou Elizondo to make introductions to Navy aviators. The fact that this data has still not been shared with the oversight committees is simply outrageous arrow and the administration cannot claim to be acting in good faith on the UAP issue while blatantly ignoring these lawful requests.
1: Oh, you know, I want to just like trust UFO daddy that Mm -hmm. these exist, but is it possible that there just aren't satellite images of UAP? Uh, like even he refers to them as rumors. Mm -hmm. I just wonder,
0: um, as I understand it, he has seen this. So when he says okay. rumors, he's referring to there are public rumors of this existing, but he himself knows it exists. Obviously, okay. I don't Got know. It. I'm not Chris Mellon. I don't yeah, know what right. he's yeah, seen course. and hasn't seen, but historically, Chris Mellon has been a guy who is well informed and well placed. He, we came to find out, is the one who leaked the original three Navy videos to the New York Times Mm -hmm. and to the Stars Academy. Um, We know that he is a highly visible, well-regarded, well-trusted source that whistleblowers have gone to in the past. He's talked repeatedly about referring whistleblowers to Congress and to Arrow. So. Do we have any evidence of this? No, absolutely not. This is just one man saying something on Twitter. But that one man is Chris Mellon, who we have a lot of respect for, a lot of regard for, and has delivered the goods in the past. So, you know. Okay, I mean, that's pretty convincing.
1: Um, Incidentally, I was doing a little research on my own for no good reason about, like, the – Uh, Levels of like secret and top secret and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And looking at the SAPs, uh, one of the things that came up was that um, even the secret ones Mm -hmm. are supposed to be disclosed to several of the oversight committees. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that he mentions those uh, kind of indicates like, no, these are the committees Mm -hmm. that actually really do have the clearances and everything.
0: Yeah. Not everyone in Congress does have access, but in particular, when we're talking about UAP stuff, there are a few groups that you would expect to, and that's the Gang of Eight and the two Intelligence Committees. More than anyone else, mm-hmm. if anybody knows about this stuff, or if anybody is cleared to this stuff, those are the people you would expect to know. Nice. And hey, who who is that? It's chuck schumer it's marco rubio it's the people who have been out there banging this drum and not backing off of the topic like yeah yeah
1: is is ufo mama bear uh jillibrand in there
0: oh i didn't do my research i don't know if she's on one of those committees i think she is but i might be wrong i'm pushing for it yeah okay but i know marco rubio and chuck schumer are in the gang of eight okay neat Going on a little bit, Chris Fox was recently interviewed by, Chris Fox, Chris Mellon was recently interviewed by James Fox, uh, and he clarified this statement a bit. He said, I have seen some very compelling evidence, evidence that I very much wish was in the public domain. And when I'm talking to these scientists at the Galileo Project, for example, and the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, I so wish that they were privy to this information, that the public was privy to this information. This is not something in our inventory.
1: Mm. Yeah. It it makes me so tremendously happy to hear people talking about Galileo. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And also I didn't know about the scientific coalition for UAP studies. So I need to go research that. Mm. Um, I feel like of all the things that come out of the hearing, the outcome I'd most like to see is like more scientifics and observing uh, scientific instruments and observing stations, uh, because even if they aren't detecting UIPs, mm-hmm. I feel like they could do tremendous good for all sorts of unrelated scientific fields like mm-hmm. weather science and um, other things. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned the Galileo Project. Um, Galileo yeah. Project has been in the news a little bit lately. Uh This really? is, this is uh, not like confirmed yet, but two details. So uh, the head scientist of the Galileo Project is Avi Loeb, who is a Harvard astronomer. Okay. Um, first of all, he's been in the news because uh, after Oumuamua happened, uh, they went back through the records to look for other interstellar objects that could be from outside the solar system and they found one that crashed in the ocean and uh i forget which government agency uh ngis maybe uh confirmed Mm -hmm. yes this is an interstellar object it came into the solar system at the right trajectory they know where it crashed so avi set up a group to go out and trawl the ocean to try to recover this object amazing um now avi is great in an interview he has a tendency to put forward hypotheses that are very exciting to consider like could this be a part of an alien spacecraft when you actually pin him down and get him talking about it he's pretty clear like it's gonna be a meteor you know like it's, (laughs) it's just a rock yeah but it's still worth going after and investigating um yeah so he was able to find some globules of melted rock on the bottom of the ocean they have not made an announcement about it yet but he put up a lengthy blog post series talking about them and why they might be interstellar so that's one bit of news okay uh the other is (laughs) uh he was asked recently if the galileo project uh, because they have their first observatory set up he said have you Mm. observed any uap yet and he said not that I can speak of publicly at this moment
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it who knows right um, who knows I, another um say so I forgot about this a couple episodes ago I meant to mention this um, I read a piece that uh, in addition to Oumuamua, um, uh, astrophysicists have found eighteen other objects that are uh, similarly um accelerating
0: without any
1: visible uh visible trail like a comet would
0: have that's Um, awesome because that is the one thing interesting for any of our listeners who are not super familiar with the Muamua. i highly recommend you look it up it's a fascinating case avi wrote a book about it but long story short it was a really weird looking asteroid um, it's a very strange shape, very long and flat. And they were able to tell that based mm-hmm. on the light reflex- reflection that they get off it right. and how it glows brighter and then dimmer. So you can tell it's rotating. It has a, this type of shape. Um, Avi was one of the first ones who was coming out and going, This could be a piece of an interstellar craft, such as a solar sail or something. There are not a lot of natural objects that match this profile. And of course, all the other astronomers were like, well, sure, but we don't know what it is. We just know it's this shape. It could also just be a weird piece of rock. And Abby's like, yeah, yeah but yeah. it could be alien. And they're like, yeah, but it's probably not. And he's like, but it could be. And they're like, okay, go away, Abby. Okay, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I what were we talking about, Oumuamua? The
1: the tricky thing about Oumuamua was that um, uh, unlike most asteroids, it was accelerating. Oh, yeah, 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 is-
0: yeah unusual yeah so that was when i looked into Oumuamua. there are a lot of things that avi attached significance to and he's not wrong they could mean that but there is one thing about Oumuamua that was basically unprecedented chuck says they've now found other examples of it but it's still really weird it accelerated and it's not yeah. a comet where with a comet a comet can off gas and that might accelerate it that might cause it to react differently right there was no evidence of off-gassing on Oumuamua. And a few people have tried to put out papers, trying to explain how they might like explain away the acceleration. And Avi Loeb has been on top of every single one of them. Like this doesn't work for reason X. So take yeah. Avi Loeb with a heavy grain of salt. He likes to yeah. produce his theories, but he is totally right that this one thing about yeah. Oumuamua is really, really weird. Very weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the coolest things, um, one of the objects that's accelerating, we are already scheduled to go visit soon. Ooh! So we will actually have a really good explanation for why that's happening. I, I don't remember the mission that's going there, but yeah, we we are on our way there already. Chuck,
0: are you familiar with a science fiction book called *Rendezvous with Rama*?
1: You know, I've heard the name and I might have even read it, but I have such a terrible memory for for this these things. One of
0: those sci-fi classics, the the short version of it is a big weird asteroid comes into the solar system and we send a crew to investigate and they find a door mm. and it turns out to be a spaceship that is bigger on the inside than the outside and it's all about them exploring oh it. It's fantastic and of course this is what i think about every time there's something like an asteroid coming into the system like oh this is it this is gonna be rama (laughs) this is it we're gonna find that door (laughs) all right let's uh let's uh move on to our next get back on track a little bit all right so on friday the 28th this is two days after the uap hearing in the house um Dr. Kirkpatrick, the head of Arrow, posted a statement on LinkedIn calling the testimony quote, insulting, and saying that he was quote, deeply disappointed at the denigration of Arrow's dedicated men and women. Now, although most of his ire was reserved for David Grush, who hilariously he would not name, he just kept calling the witness, uh, which left the ambiguous possibility that he was also slagging off uh Fravor and graves who <laughs> absolutely did not deserve any of this uh yeah some of his ire was aimed directly at Congress which is super weird uh he was yeah. questioning their commitment to transparency and he even at one point accused some of them of withholding evidence from Arrow um yeah when this post went up I I mentioned it in the last episode. And I said, I thought it was really weird, but I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was weird. It's deeply weird. It's LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. which is weird to begin with, but (laughs) it's like so self-centered on, on arrow, but Mm -hmm. arrow wasn't part of the hearing.
0: Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, It was, it was very, very strange. And, I I don't want to turn this into a political drama show, but yeah. Yeah. this letter is, is very on target for us. It's, you know, covering, uh, you know, the main topic of discussion for the last six weeks. And it's so weird. And thankfully, I got a bunch of quotes from people this week that helped clarify to me why it was weird in a way that I couldn't quite put mm-hmm. my finger on. Um, Now, the first and perhaps least impressive one uh, came from Representative Luna, who immediately after the hearing said, we just had a witness, David Grush, testify to Congress that he was in fear for his life, and his former boss, Sean Kirkpatrick, decides to post a letter attempting to discredit him? Seems odd. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) Now... She mentions that uh, Kirkpatrick is his former boss. I'm not going to get into the weeds here. Uh, There is a bit of drama around that as well, but I am sparing you all of it because what it boils down to is a arguably David Grush misstating something, arguably Sean Kirkpatrick maliciously interpreting him. Suffice to say Sean Kirkpatrick was never David Grush's boss, but David Grush did report to the office that Sean Kirkpatrick took over. It's, it's a, it's a mess. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't have enough popcorn for that amount of drama.
0: No. And, and also frankly, the one who comes out looking the worst on it is Sean Kirkpatrick. Like he yeah. is really getting into the weeds on particular bits of verbiage and stuff. And like, Bro, none of this matters. Like everybody, yeah. Yeah. So we're we're not going to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> um, what I think is more interesting than Representative Luna, like seems odd, <laughs> is yeah. Pentagon spokeswoman Susan Gough released a statement saying the department is aware of Doctor Kirkpatrick's post. Well, that's never, that's never good. (laughs) We are aware of it. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Which are his personal opinions expressed in his capacity as a private citizen. And we won't comment directly on the contents of the post. Oh man. I hope I never have to say anything that my boss distances themselves from that badly. That's you're in deep buddy. (laughs)
1: yeah no kidding yeah like oh uh, we are aware mm. i mean is
0: there like, any way to read stop that calling other us other than like I, they're cutting him loose <laughs> like, mm, yeah nope uh, talk mean, to him <laughs> nope nope that's not us it, it's
1: private citizen yeah it's within his rights i'm like no Kirkpatrick, patrick who that's no good
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
1: um to me i think I think the most interesting thing, this might be the most interesting thing of the week uh, to me. Um, Susan Goff has been a pretty fierce proponent of Arrow. Yeah. So, Or, I mean, I don't know what she thinks, but uh, the Pentagon mm-hmm. Pentagon mm-hmm. seems to mm-hmm. think quite fondly of Arrow. For, so for them to distance at all instead of just, like, defending it yeah. and saying, like, look, he is a private citizen. He is allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. back him up in his decision. No, they didn't do that. Yeah. He said, we're where,
0: and that's his right. And it's there's also a world where they could have said, yes, that was a, you know, private statement, but, you know, he does raise some valid, right? Like they could have given any yeah. sort of like tacit endorsement of it. No, like full right. stop. None. <laughs> that is yeah, not an authorized that's, statement. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is not a
0: great spot to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I still wasn't quite getting it. It still felt weird. Uh, these yeah. next few quotes really dropped the hammer for me. Like, oh, okay. right. This is it. Uh, so first of all, Nick Pope. Uh, this is a guy we haven't talked about on the show before, Chuck, yeah. but he is well known in the world of ufology. Um, okay. he- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> your, that word. your favorite word. Uh, he is the yep. former head of the UK's UFO investigation. Um, okay. He was like the real life Mulder uh, operating out of the Ministry of oh, Defense. Oh, that's cool. So,
1: so he's not like—is he the Sean Kirkpatrick of the UK or? Um, the,
0: there's a he- there's a lot there that we don't have time to go into. Um, he okay, all right. he was part of the investigative body but i don't think the investigative body was public the way arrow is arrow is in many mm-hmm. ways primarily a pr body right they're supposed to release okay. public reports and do public testimony mm-hmm. um nick pope i believe was working for what would have been more like the uap task force or okay. um OSAP or any of those other kind of behind closed doors one uh but Got it. okay He said, when I worked at the Ministry of Defense, all communication with the media had to be via public affairs. Firing off a personal missive like this is unheard of. Now, obviously, he's talking about the Ministry of Defense. That's different than us, but as all of our listeners are aware i think the way uk and us government works are very very close and this is certainly my understanding of how if you are a public servant the the same kind of rules apply to you you're not allowed to just go spout off randomly
1: yeah that totally makes sense
0: uh lieutenant Tim McMillan, who we have talked about before, uh, he is an investigative reporter and co-founder of the newspaper The Debrief, said, I legitimately don't think I have ever seen a senior civil servant publicly admonish Congress and congressional witnesses, including one with an active whistleblower investigation. I have pending interviews with some government attorneys to explore if Kirkpatrick violated the Hatch Act by releasing his statement.
1: Oh, um, what's the Hatch Act?
0: Uh, the Hatch Act is something we heard a lot about during the Trump presidency. Um, in a nutshell, civil servants are not supposed to involve themselves in politics and certainly are not supposed to criticize politicians. Um so okay. you know, we we heard about this constantly where Trump would appoint his own firebrands to chair offices and they they would go out and give statements criticizing the left wing and everybody like, okay. yo, you're violating the Hatch Act um unfortunately the one thing we learned about the hatch act during the trump presidency is uh someone has to have the political willpower and capability to make it stick otherwise it's just yeah you violated the hatch act and literally nothing will happen
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting yeah that's exactly what i was thinking about Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know we've got some recent Mm -hmm. uh yeah. Recent experience with but it did, senior It
0: did help but, crystallize in my head. Like, oh, right. This is this is part of why. Like, I even though yeah. there aren't really any consequences for violating it, it is still something you're not supposed to do. And Sean Kirkpatrick yeah. has presented himself as a very like buttoned up by the book, mm-hmm. like not rocking the boat kind of guy. So this is not only non standard for civil servants, it's really unusual for the way sean kirkpatrick has portrayed himself um you know we we talked before about how his his letter felt very defensive very emotional like it's kind of a strange thing um
1: yeah i i wonder if the pressure is getting to him um this does seem very out of character yeah
0: uh, Jeremy Corbell uh, Jeremy Corbell is a filmmaker. Uh, we talked about him most recently he's a protege of George Knapp who is a legendary UFO reporter out of Las Vegas. Uh, Corbell okay. made a documentary about Bob Lazar. Uh, he is himself a little bit of a controversial figure but by and large working in in service of disclosure. Um, he said, listen, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a guy with a beard who likes to poke the bear but... I have heard from those smarter than me that violations of the Hatch Act can be read to include using official authority to discourage political activity of persons before the employing agency. Understand it like this. Interfering with Congress and whistleblowers is illegal. Like, jail time illegal. Mm. And that's the other thing that we're hearing here, right? Like, this isn't just bad-mouthing a politician you disagree with specifically he's talking about a whistleblower who is already alleging retaliation from the branch of government that sean kirkpatrick works for (laughs) like yeah right it's it it is impossible not to read it in that context as anything other than an attempt to intimidate sorry i shouldn't say it's impossible to read it as anything other it is one way to view this is it is an attempt to silence him, to discredit him, to get right. him to shut up.
1: Right. And, and that would totally make sense why that would be considered a, a, a pretty jail time, illegal type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the more I hear about this, the more I'm like, yeah, this is why I'm not allowed to post things after hours. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> especially at work, after midnight, maybe Mm -hmm. when drinking. (laughs) And it makes me wonder, like, I wonder if he posted this at, like, 2 a.m. and then regretted it for the next, like, two months.
0: (laughs) Well, regardless of what Uh, time he posted it, I'm sure he has regretted it. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think instead of maybe what we should do is, uh, so, like, now what I try and do when I'm in my right headspace is I write these things in my therapy journal. And I think we should try and get Kirkpatrick his own therapy journal oh, and send that's it to a nice him. idea. Um, yeah. But I don't know what we should write on the front of it. Should it be like secrets or <laughs> uh, like <laughs> opinions of Congress that I shouldn't share with
0: people? <laughs> people who have wronged me.
1: <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll, I'll work on that. Things, I'll
0: get a journal and send it over. Things I should not say publicly. <laughs> Yes, I love it.
1: That's, that's actually what's written on the front of my journal. Yeah. I don't know how you knew.
0: Now, even up till now, although this was helping me understand, like, okay, a a career civil servant speaking out against a whistleblower and against members of Congress is maybe a violation of the Hatch Act. Even then, it hadn't quite sat right. And I don't know if I would have put this in here except for a couple of more quotes I saw. So. The first one is from a Twitter account called Rogue UAP Task Force said, Dr. Kirkpatrick's statement was highly unethical, inaccurate, and perhaps more importantly, likely a violation of federal law, as it appears to have not been cleared for public release. His clock is ticking. And then kind of echoing this, Liberation Times, who are admittedly not a mainstream media source but they're ones who Mm -hmm. cover this topic and we've had good luck with in the past they they do their job right and they've come out with well-sourced information they said there is no indication from the dod that kirkpatrick is no longer the director of arrow despite publishing the letter which was likely done without clearance Liberation Times does, however, understand that Kirkpatrick's position as Arrow director may be untenable. Now, that last last one kind of nailed it for me, because the phrasing there strongly implies they have spoken with a source who is telling them it's untenable. This isn't just the opinion of the reporter.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely implies that, but I don't know whether... (laughs) We should really trust liberation times. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that I mean that's that's my worry about uh like has how many times has Rogue UAPTF <laughs> said exactly this thing? <laughs> I, like they may yeah. have been calling for this the entire time. I, I do agree 100%. though that his it does feel like his clocking his clock is ticking yeah. to some degree and that he's probably on very thin ice.
0: Yeah, but it- he hasn't been removed. He has not been removed. We have no indication that he is in trouble, other than a couple of poorly sourced quotes. You are one hundred percent right about that. But all of this combined together, mm-hmm. and we've talked before. This is kind of how I approach this topic. Um, mm-hmm. I've used the word Kremlinology before. You've you've got to do yeah, a lot right. of reading between the lines and interpretation. You know, when you see Congress pass a law that says we want Arrow to tell us about anyone who's been harmed while working with a UAP, like that doesn't come out of nowhere. Why did they put it in there? That's strange. I don't know why they put it in there, but I can infer it was for a reason. Similarly, the letter that Sean Kirkpatrick posted felt off to me in a way that I had trouble putting my finger on. A few people pointed out some legitimate off things about it that may be a violation of the law and a bunch of people were talking about it in a way that felt very extreme to me like this might get him fired i don't know and based on the fact that the only thing we've heard from the pentagon is uh it was a personal statement we don't care uh tells me nothing's gonna happen but it did help hammer home that I wasn't crazy for thinking it was a weird letter for him to publish, like for someone in his position to kind of post this angry rant, defending Arrow from an attack that frankly did not happen, felt very out of left field and very weird for who he is, the context of who he's talking about and where we are at the moment. Do
1: you think? Uh, just thinking about the Kremlinology. Criminolo- mm-hmm. um, I, while you were talking there, I started thinking: what if it was written before the hearing?
0: <laughs> yeah, like he just and, assumed there'd be an attack.
1: Yeah, and uh, and he wanted to like capture some of that like mm-hmm. press interaction. He wanted to get get that airtime mm-hmm. while the UAP hearing was happening. Um, but maybe maybe he is actually on the way out and he's just getting his hits maybe. in while he's still the director. Yeah, I don't know.
0: there's a few odd things about it. Like we've talked before about like LinkedIn is an odd spot for a civil servant to post Super a weird. public statement. Um, even if yeah. you're going to say, Hey, this is my personal opinion. Well, first of all, you're not really supposed to be sharing your personal opinion, but right. you know, the fact that you put it on LinkedIn kind of tells us that you didn't really want to take this straight to the press. Cause you knew that would go badly. Um, so he right. put it up in a spot. He knew people would notice. He posted it two days after the hearing, which is weird timing. Like you said, like if you just kind of want to capitalize on the, uh, the energy of the hearing, why not release it that night? Why not release it 10 minutes after the hearing? Um, And that was Friday, wasn't it? It was Friday, yeah.
1: Isn't Friday like dumping ground
0: day? Absolutely it is. So yeah, it's it's weird up and down the board. Because if this was, you know, like one of the least charitable views of Kirkpatrick is that he's basically just a mouthpiece for the elements in the Pentagon that don't want this to happen. Ronald Moultrie and other people like that. But again, if that's the case, if they're using Kirkpatrick as a vehicle to say things that they can't get away with publicly saying, I would expect to see him say it in a cleared version to the news directly or have Susan Goff say it. She's got no problem bad-mouthing people. She has no qualms. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of Susan Goff, um, we've got a couple other quotes from her, which we've noticed a pattern with quotes from susan goff um these pentagon statements tend to sound really good but they contain weasel words there's there's little escape hatches in the way they phrase things that kind of leaves them cover in case it turns out later to be false so they say they say something that sounds like there is no evidence of extraterrestrials but what they actually say is arrow has not yet found any evidence of extraterrestrials well not yet evidence arrow (laughs) that's three scoping clauses you know any one of which could be invalidated um so we had a we had a couple incidents like that this week um first of all uh susan goff responding to grush's testimony that people had been harmed to keep the program secret Um, This was a question that was asked directly of him at the hearing. Has anybody been harmed in the act of keeping this secret? And he said, yes. Um, She responded, the department has no information that any individual has been harmed or killed as a result of providing information to Arrow. Any unsubstantiated claims that individuals have been harmed or killed in the process of providing information to Arrow will only serve to discourage individuals with relevant information from coming forward to aid in Arrow's efforts. Well, that sounds very reasonable. Hey, no one has been hurt. And if you keep spreading this rumor, you're going to discourage legitimate whistleblowers. Why don't you guys get off our backs and let us do our jobs? Except she pivoted what he said a little bit there. Yeah, Grush said people have been harmed in order to keep this secret. She said no one has been harmed due to testifying to Arrow. Arrow's right. only a year old. <laughs> like if people yeah, have been harmed, they were harmed earlier. <laughs> like also, yeah, yep, yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, more more weasel words. Uh, not not great. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I. I I feel
1: like Susan Goff makes PR like makes me think less of PR people. And it makes me, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like that total, uh, co- like platonic ideal of a mm-hmm. PR person. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah. It makes me sad.
0: Yeah. Now the other moment she said, uh, Arrow welcomes the opportunity to speak with any former or current government employer, employee or contractor who believes they have information relevant to the congressionally mandated historical review, and Arrow has established a safe and secure process for individuals to come forward with information to aid this effort. Okay very reasonable statement on the on the queue we want to hear from you whistleblowers we've got a safe and secure process why don't you come talk to arrow ross coltart uh in an uh on a podcast said i've just had a conversation this morning with someone who approached me on behalf of a potential witness from within the legacy program someone who purports to have direct knowledge of the very same program that David Grush is talking about, and they're asking my advice about how to approach. And frankly, one of the issues at the moment is that the Pentagon's UFO and UAP investigation office, Arrow, is sending out a shocking signal. It doesn't have a phone number. It doesn't have an email address. It doesn't even have a website. If this truly is an agency inside of the Pentagon that is seriously interested in proactively investigating and hearing from witnesses, it's not sending that message out. So I'm in the dilemma at the moment of where do I send these poor people? And I'm encouraging them to come forward to either the ICIG or the DOD IG, the inspectors general of the intelligence community or the DOD. Um, And frankly just telling them to come forward to the Senate Intelligence Committee with the evidence they have. Because I have to say, not a lot of people have a lot of faith in the current body that the Pentagon has entrusted and that Congress has mandated to do these kinds of investigations.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember someone telling me that the most secure server was the one that was disconnected from the network. So in that way, I suppose... (laughs) Arrow does have a safe and secure air-gapped process for individuals to come forward.
0: It's so secure the witnesses can't get in.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's how we want it.
0: All right. Uh, So for our last topic tonight, uh, I want to talk about a a weird, I guess, thing that's been happening. So part of Grush's testimony is that um, not only has the U.S. recovered vehicles, and there's a reverse engineering effort, but the, that reverse engineering effort has been farmed out to private contractors. And he's never yeah. said a name, but the one that we have heard most frequently is Lockheed, Lockheed Martin. Okay, And there are a bunch of others. Sure. There's Raytheon, there's Boeing, there, there's a bunch of them. But um, any one of these could be holding Crashed UAP technologies, according to David Grush. Um, so, a couple of weeks before the hearing, because um, remember Grush like said all of this in an interview, um, a an aerospace engineer on Twitter by the name of Condor Man said, quote, "There's a sudden hard industry crackdown on all things UAP." All engineering teams at my company, and a second that I know of, have been told no press contact, including anonymous and unnamed sources. All exotic materials or craft questions are to be referred to Arrow.
1: Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm in a pretty big company, and there's basically a blanket mandate to not talk to the press ever, Mm -hmm. unless you've got training and permission, but... We, I mean, we get reminders when things are about to happen, mm-hmm. like the UAP hearing or something
0: like that. Yeah. No, 100%. The, the part about not talking to the press seems completely reasonable. And we hear about this all the time. Yeah. If I'm running a big company that's about to be in the news for any reason, the first thing yeah. I'm doing is telling all my little employees, don't say a goddamn thing. You're going to make this worse. Right, yeah. You all keep your mouth shut yeah. and let us handle it. The the thing right now is UAP, so that's what they're telling them not to talk about. So that part isn't weird right. to me. The part that's weird is the last part where it says, all questions are to be referred to Arrow. That's weird. Why oh, yeah. Arrow, right?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I kind of missed that. That is super duper weird mm-hmm. to to refer it to someone else
0: yeah i don't know we're gonna come back to this in a minute uh ross Coulthard has some words on the topic but that that was the moment that kind of like i had bookmarked this quote and i didn't put it in the show a few weeks ago when it came up because i had the same reaction you did i'm like that seems perfectly normal and it wasn't until ross started talking about i'm like that's really weird (laughs) Um, yeah okay Before we get to Ross, though, um, I want to talk about uh, one of the people at the hearing, by the way, we didn't really quote her much, was uh, Representative AOC, uh, which is great. It's always good to see more Democrats getting involved in this because the Republicans have a little bit of conspiracy brain going on and it's a little too easy for them to buy this. So it's always a a little bit of a relief for me when I see some more level headed politicians coming in like, oh, oh, thank God, there's some adults in the room, too. (laughs) <laughs> um so she's very active on TikTok and someone was asking her, like, hey, you were at the UAP hearing. What's the deal with that? Uh do you think there's something to it? Um and she had a great quote talking about why she's interested in the topic. She says, I do think there's something going on. In the past, we have found defense contractors hiding things. We have truly documented instances of defense contractors being shady. And she diverged at this point and talked about a particular incident where she mm-hmm. managed to save the taxpayers something like $10 million by uncovering some, like, I don't know, shady shit they were doing. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But she says, that's one of the themes that I saw sticking out at the hearing was the presence of defense contractors. One of the witnesses called out Boeing as a contractor. Another called out abuse of the IRAD program and misuse of the appropriations process, which is basically Congress says we spent this money on this thing for this purpose. And sometimes people shift that money around in a way that's not authorized. That, to me, is actionable. That, to me, is a thread that can be pulled.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, so th- I think this this is really interesting, too. We've talked about like air safety being a way to talk about UAP. Mm-hmm. Um, underneath this whole disclosure thing, I've been kind of hunting around for a reason that so many politicians would suddenly get behind UFOs despite the stigma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like in theory, I mentioned earlier that um, I was researching and all waived SAPs, which are the kind of like uh, some of the secret ones, have to be re- reported to Congress each March. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. But maybe there's suspicion that this isn't happening. And mm-hmm. I feel like that gets us right to why would senators care
0: uh money yeah um, hundred yeah. percent no and, and that was basically what we were talking about last time right like the the political hearing spent very little time talking about alien bodies <laughs> and the ufos right they spent a lot of time talking about um misappropriation of funds uh, secrets being kept from Congress inappropriately, um, misclassification, you know, abuse of the system. And I totally agree with you that this is kind of the next safe thing for politicians to hang their hat on is, I don't know if there's aliens, but I do know that somebody is doing something wrong here and Congress is being kept out of the loop in the spot where they would, um, Frankly, one of the fears I have is that this will not lead to public disclosure because the Congress people at the top who have been getting lied to will just get read into the secret. And then they'll be like, well, we're all good now. (laughs) You're doing what you're supposed to be. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah, it seems very possible that that happens or they do find that the secret programs and it turns out they're just not expensive enough. Mm -hmm. And so kind of goes away right i don't know
0: exactly uh but yeah i thought it was interesting hearing aoc she didn't distance herself from alien stuff she was just very agnostic about it she's like i don't know who knows but defense contractors being shady that's my jam (laughs) that's a thing Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally so after the hearing News Nation reached out to some of the biggest defense contractors, including Lockheed Martin and some of the others, to ask for a response to Grush's claims that they're involved in a UAP reverse engineering program. Um, Now, as you would expect, they got no response (laughs) from almost all of them. Uh, Lockheed, however, came back with a statement and said, questions about uaps are best addressed by the u.s government that's a weird response and notably that is not a denial if i ask you hey did you kill someone and they say you should really talk to the police about that uh (laughs) yeah how does that how does that connect
1: i'm not seeing how these add together
0: right Yeah. So very, very weird. And Ross Coltart responded to this and he said, why on earth should the DOD have to answer for Lockheed on whether an SEC listed aerospace contractor is secretly holding retrieved non-human technology? What would Lockheed shareholders think? Like, he's like, this is really weird. Why is Arrow the place to ask whether Lockheed has something? Yeah, but why would the shareholders even care? It's such a good question. And Ross was really banging on about this and I it, look, I'm a big dummy when it comes to financial matters, <laughs> stocks, okay. stuff like that. Like I I, I don't yeah, know, right? Me too. Um so I was a little lost and I've got a few quotes here that kind of help explain that a little bit. Okay. Um Ross Coltart in a different interview said, "Look, if Lockheed Martin is holding an alien spacecraft, It is, almost by definition, the most valuable object on the planet. It is priceless. Why haven't shareholders been informed about it if that's the case? This could be their undoing.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm not sure about that point. Now, Ross Coulthard, I should point out, in addition to being a very good investigative journalist, was trained as a trial attorney. Uh, He is a guy with a legal background. When he says stuff, he tends to speak about it from that angle. Um, I don't know, and I would love to find out if somebody does know, how do laws around things you have to keep secret, such as the existence of classified UFO technology the government may or may not have given you, interact with financial transparency laws where you have to tell your shareholders about stuff? I would be shocked if there wasn't a standard for Lockheed to have a black box on their financial disclosure that said, you know, this much money came from an undisclosed contract with the government or something. There has to be some way to handle this. It can't all just be unreported. So maybe, and I don't know, I'm interpreting, maybe what Ross is getting at here is there is a way to handle this, and they're not doing that for the UFO stuff, which means that's being done inappropriately. But that is me reading uh, between the lines. I don't know. But Ross is pretty clearly no, hammering this idea of what would the shareholders think?
1: Right, and and that makes sense because uh, you should still have to report that we got money coming in mm-hmm, from this mm-hmm. place, um, but we're not talking about why. Right, right. Uh, and, and maybe they're not even acknowledging that they got money coming in there, which means we could have financial fraud
0: mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. oof, yeah, that, that's really complicated. It gets super complicated. Um, there yeah. was a post on Twitter from a former government attorney who's anonymous. Um, and he made a slightly related, uh, legal point here. He says mm-hmm. the key okay. is to make it personal. For these aerospace companies and their management they will sing like canaries if their c-suite is picked up in an fbi dragnet and the first guy who talks walks with immunity and everyone else dies in prison for treason they did oh this to God. get rich and if you take that away they will abandon the corporate strategy and beg for the chance to not spend the rest of their life in jail
1: <laughs> whoa yeah i mean that sounds like an entertaining afternoon, though. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do that. Uh, but, like, how do we even? How do we make it personal? Even like, aren't C-suite people supposed to be like protected from lawsuits
0: against the company? That is a great question. And again, I will remind our listeners that I'm a big dummy who doesn't know anything. But uh, okay. there's another quote I got from uh, Condor Man, again, that uh, anonymous aerospace engineer. Uh, he said the public corporations, Lockheed, Northrop, Boeing, RTX, Raytheon, etc., are all under SEC rules, including clawback provisions. Their executives' past bonuses and stock can be clawed back if they have misstated financial reports or withheld significant financial information.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So if. So, okay. So it's not even like they just lose their job and get out with some cushy severance package. They actually lose their job, that severance package, and mm-hmm. their like past money, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, I should note this is all theoretical, this is all up for interpretation. Yeah, sure. And if anything did get to the point of legal action, you and I should expect that this is tied up in the courts for the rest of our lifetimes. <laughs> like oh, these are God, right, rich yeah. people that nobody's actually going to prison over this anytime soon. Yeah. But I, I, I mention it because this stuff is not crystal clear. We are operating in the gray here. Um, a point that I heard made repeatedly this week is that Daniel Sheehan, who is a lawyer who works in the UAP field was advising people that they don't need a skiff to talk to David Grush. Everybody's understanding was Grush wants to talk about classified matters. You talk about classified matters in skiffs. Sheehan's point is this stuff is illegally classified. It is an illegal program which by definition cannot be kept secret. So no laws are being broken by testifying about it. So you can just talk to oh, him on your cell phone. Now I'll note, as far as I know, nobody took him up on that interpretation of the yeah, law. Right. David yeah. Grush, particularly stuck to his, I can't talk about this in a public setting, but it, yeah. it kind of clarifies, like we're not dealing with a cut and dry legal situation. Yeah. If we are dealing with an off the books illegal program what laws apply like, with like yeah it, it's really complicated so i don't know if this matters to shareholders i don't know how financial disclosure laws collide with national secret laws i don't know if this is actually a means yeah. to target the c suite in legal actions but i will remind you The uh, bill that got passed recently that said you have to notify Arrow if you hold any off-world technology within 180 days, and if you do it during that 180 days, no civil or criminal penalties will be applied to you, that kind of supports the idea that what is happening here is we're, we're queuing up for Congress to start applying criminal penalties to individuals for violating the law here. I don't know. That is one interpretation, but it sure doesn't look like it's going to go as simple as, Oh, it's okay. Guys. The general told me it was a top secret. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't think
0: it's going to be that clear.
1: (laughs) We should, um, we should try and contact one of the like legal YouTubes, like legal Eagle and (laughs) get their take on it. Um,
0: Uh, I actually just listened to a legal legal podcast, breaking down the hearing. Uh, I don't think we're going to get answers we want out of them. Uh, My my boss recommended one and they were pretty dismissive about everything Grush had to say. Um, Okay. They, they had on a reporter who covers this beat and he said one thing that I can't disagree with because I'm not an investigative reporter who's out there covering the beat, but it does not align with what I'm hearing from Ross Coulthard and others, which is he says, Whenever you talk to these people, it's all secondhand. He's like, I have talked Mm. to many sources over the years who have alleged the same things as David Grush. This is not a new claim, but every single one of them, it's, I heard from a guy. I know someone who knows someone. It's always a secondhand source, not the firsthand source. So his take on it was, yeah, what he said is interesting and aligns with what other people have said, but Congress doesn't seem to know what to make of it. And until we have first-hand evidence, I don't know if anything's going to happen. And the one thing I will say is everyone who seems to be in the know on this, Gary Nolan, Ross Coulthart, Jeremy Corbell, uh, George Knapp, all of them are saying more whistleblowers are coming, people with first-hand knowledge. So, I mean, fingers crossed that all of the current ambiguity around like I don't know if I can listen to him there's no evidence is going to be washed away in a flood of people who are coming out and saying explicitly also uh, on the topic of David Grush not having first-hand knowledge in the hearing they said where are the craft and he said in a classified setting I can tell you the name of the program the locations of the craft what base they're at what do the name of the people of the like He, he was giving them the testimony. Seems
1: to have pretty firsthand knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Anyway, I I really liked what you said last time about, uh, equating him to like a district attorney.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like this is literally his job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was his job. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was our, our slow week. Chuck, how do you feel about it?
1: Uh, This was not a slow week. (laughs) Uh, uh, You've convinced me, man, we covered a lot today. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I don't know which was like the the biggest like was it the the satellite images not being provided to Congress was it Kirkpatrick's statement Mm -hmm. and the various fallouts Um, I mean weasel words from the Pentagon that's no real surprise (laughs) nothing uh, new there (laughs) yeah right and and the I mean the press lockdown is interesting Mm -hmm. but also kind of no surprise uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff there Mm -hmm. but
0: um, I think for me it's Each of these individual stories may not be earth-shattering on their own, but cumulatively, we are definitely seeing the ripples spreading out from the hearing, from Grush's claims, and I think what everyone kind of expected was that Grush was going to come out and testify, and then... Someone from the Pentagon would come in and go, Well, you can't listen to that guy. He was discharged for being psycho. And uh, you know, he he's not trustworthy, and we never gave him secrets, and he didn't hold the rank he held, you know, like, like the full Lazar state treatment, if you believe Lazar's story. Right. And that hasn't happened. And we haven't seen the ripples from Grush's initial statements settling down we've seen them hitting new things and causing new ripples and things seem to be accelerating if anything so you know yeah is it is it proof that something's going on that lockheed won't say whether they have ships and they refer people to arrow no is it proof that something is going on that they told their people not to talk to the press no is it weird absolutely is You know, Susan Goff's continuing insistence on using weasel words to say things that sound like denials but aren't actually news. No, but it sure fits into this growing picture that we have of elements in the Pentagon who don't want this to come out right kirkpatrick's letter is just weird yeah by any stretch of the imagination it's really weird why did he do this it makes no sense and potentially carries penalties for him it's so strange yeah you know so yeah for me I I I don't know man it just I've talked to you about this before. I feel this growing sense of momentum Mm. carrying along and the fact that even on a relatively slow week, we still keep seeing evidence of the momentum of this story, the, the growth, the acceleration towards something happening. Right. I don't know, man. It's, it's a very exciting time. It's a very exciting time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Everybody, thank you for joining us on It's a Very Exciting Time. You can find show notes and more on our website, veryexcitingtime.com, as well as links to our social media accounts.
1: And you can email us at scott or chuck at veryexcitingtime.com. And if you'd like to support the show, please
0: check out our Patreon at patreon.com veryexcitingtime. And Chuck, as always, my wife thanks you for listening to me talk about UFOs so she doesn't
1: have to.